Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pardon My Grief. Welcome back. If you're new here, thanks for joining. If you're not new here, thanks for listening. Everyone, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, (laughs) so this week's going to be a little bit more of the heavier. I used to do like heavy, light, heavy, light, heavy, light conversation, but the way the environment is, it's really been kind of heavy lately. So I think some of the topics really should be heavy. Um, And this topic is anxiety, depression. So as per usual, we're going to die right in. Now, before I start, there's a big stigma oftentimes associated with mental health. And let me just go out here and say this. When I say these things, I'm being helpful. I'm not trying to um, be rude or dismissive. See, the reason why I decided to talk about this is because I had a squabble with someone and I was rooting for them. Um, And they had an issue with, I guess, the way that I was telling them pretty much that even though they are depressed, that doesn't necessarily mean that you constantly let have to let this mental health, any mental health issue, mental illness, it doesn't mean that you have to let mental illness rule you. And so that's what was really the conversation. But I think it takes a lot of internalization for you to say, I am letting my mental health control my life because the problem is this, and this might sound cruel and unusual, but this is just the way that it is. If you're friends with me, this is the way that it is. I'll never let you be out here being crazy. It's not healthy to constantly be controlled and overrun by your emotions. Yes, it's difficult to control this. Yes, it's hard, but you really won't ever get anywhere Um, If you're constantly letting your emotions always lead the way. So that is what I was trying to explain and elaborate to this person. Needless to say, it did not go over well because there's a fine line to me. To me, there's a fine line between mental illness and laziness. And when you start to cross over into that realm, you know, again, mental health, depression, these are things that you cannot change. Like if you will get really deep into it, well, not really super deep, but deep enough as time, 25 minutes or so will allow us to. But basically right out the gate, you can have, well, you have access. America is one of the few countries, the United States of America is one of one of actually a few countries that really take mental health very seriously. There's a lot of programs. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of stuff. If in, and yeah, you might not see it as soon as you walk outside, but it is very, very, very readily available. If you look, it might just take some work. So things that bother me is when people do try to use their mental health as a crutch for not achieving things in life as a crutch for just being lazy. And again, I've dialed it back. I'm not saying sometimes mental health cannot hinder you. I'm not saying that at all. But when you find yourself repeatedly, quote unquote, failing at something, and you have to blame it on your mental health, that is not okay. It's just not. 
You cannot do that because it just, you're, you're never going to get anywhere. So let's start. I mean, if we're starting with, hmm, if we're starting with depression, I guess we could really kind of start with depression. So let's just start with it. I think overall there's two types of depression and, and, this is written here too. And I'll read some things from, um, scholarly journals, Medline or wherever to psychology today, different sort of things. I kind of piece together to make these messages because I don't want to just be talking. I want to, when you're talking about heavier topics, you also too got to make sure that you're presenting yourself with information that is wholesome as well and, and actual information. So there's clinical depression or their situational depression. Now, naturally, the most easiest one to explain would be situational. So pretty much it's a short-term form of depression. And it's talking about where there's an event. Um, it's, it's basically the result of an event or like a traumatic experience that kind of propels you into the state like a change. So if for some, it could be a death. For some, it could be a divorce. For some, it could be an accident, maybe an accident that maybe rendered you with some form of deformities it, it or it even you know a lot of times too this was a big thing we have annual stroke training we talk about when people sustain strokes and they have um issues with their body you know because you could have right or left side hemiparesis according to this you do have depression and this is the thing that was overlooked oftentimes because people didn't think it was an issue and you also have a burden with the caregivers so not only is the person who suffered the stroke, you know, the actual patient is going through depression. The caregiver is going through the depression because remember situational depression is a traumatic experience or change life event. So it's not just those, it's the people who also care for you that can go through it. So that's some food for thought. If you know anyone that does sustain a stroke caregiver, it, depression is very real. Then there's clinical depression. Okay. And clinical depression is really obviously basically saying that you can't choose this sort of thing. Okay. Um, it's actually more severe and it can impede your normal daily functions. So when you're talking about clinical depression as well too, um, in order for you to meet this criteria, there's a certain thing that you have to be, you have to meet, excuse me, in order to be diagnosed there's a certain criteria that you have to meet. So it talks about if this person shows five or more symptoms over a two week span of time, it could be probably every day. So signs include depressed mood or constant irritability, significant reduced interest or feeling no pleasure, significant weight gain or loss, a decrease or increase in appetite, insomnia or increased desire to sleep, restlessness, restlessness or slowed behavior, tiredness or loss of energy, feelings of worthlessness or inappropriate guilt, trouble making decisions or concentrating, reoccurring thoughts of death or suicide attempts. So this is a person that would have clinical depression and you can also experience um, hallucinations. You can experience delusions. You can have kind of like just, just psychotic, almost sort of breaks. Now, when you talk about the depression, treatments will be different, right? So situational depression, people are like, Oh, I had situational depression after the loss of my husband. I did have that. And after a sort of time period, quote unquote, your depression is supposed to get better. And in theory, it should. However, let me say this. Situational depression can become clinical depression if you don't check it. 
And understand as well too, situational depression, just because time has passed from an event, all depression, whether clinical or situational, you have to be willing to put in the work through, okay? So don't think that just because my husband passed away two and a half years ago, I should not be depressed now because so much time has passed. No, if you're not actively working through something and actively doing what's best for you with regard, whether it's journaling, talking to a therapist, using your heal time, different things that you can slowly do to piece yourself back together. You can be stuck in an extended situational depressed state if you're not helping yourself. And the problem with situational depression, like I said, you can slip into clinical if you sit there in that phase for too long. Okay. So a few ways that you could definitely get help with situational depression, obviously exercising is always good. You know, it gets all those hormones going and moving. Um, dopamine, it gets all that stuff happening and moving. Eating a well-balanced diet. I think we really always talked about this with, we even talked about this with the grief share. It was, oh, I think the acronym was DEAR. Drink, exercise, eat, and rest. I believe that that was the acronym. I, I think so. And remember too, when you're going through depression, whether it's situational or clinical, I don't think that, I don't think that overall the basic fundamentals change. I think that the deeper roots of it will continue to go because obviously with clinical, you would need medicational help. So, but, but hang on, because again, this is where the area gets fuzzy because there is people who have had situational depression. Um, they also need medical help. So I think that it's a fine line with the two of them because you could easily cross over from situational into clinical. You really can't cross over from clinical into situational. You, you know what I mean? If you have a chemical imbalance within your mind, it wouldn't be like, well, if I just change my situation, everything will be great. You would still have that sort of thing. That's why it's so important to equip yourself with the tools to try to get at least a healthy coping balance. So exercising, obviously, eating a balanced diet, regular sleeping patterns, okay? Um, talking to people, support groups or whatever. Now, and you know, you can journal, you can do whatever. When you're talking about clinical depression, you definitely need to talk to a doctor. You definitely need to see someone and they can help you with these sorts of things because you would need your own kind of, you would need your own kind of implemented training thing that'll work for you because remember what's good for the for the geese isn't good for the gander right what's good for one person might not work for all so even with regardless with depression in general whether it's clinical situational major depressive disorder whatever it is no two people will handle the situation the same way one of the things we need to do as well within the black community is really acknowledged that there is a sort of thing as mental health. There is a sort of thing as depression and anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar, all those things are real. That's a problem, not just in the African-American community. I know in the, in the Asian community, it's a problem in the Spanish, in every community, most communities, it's, it's a problem and people don't acknowledge it as, as a real sort of illness in the African community too. too. So you, you really have to acknowledge that this is an issue because until you acknowledge it, you can't really start to treat it, you know? So the issue that I have 
with depression here is if you have clinical depression, you have to want to get better for yourself. So the person that I was speaking about, whether or not they listen to the podcast, I don't know. It doesn't matter to me because I tried to explain myself, elaborate, et cetera, et cetera. I tried to say I'm there for them. I'm this, I'm that. But see, this was not just a one-time event. This was habitual events over the course of years where it's like, I'm trying to be there. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to show you, I'm trying to help you. And see another thing too, when you have issues with depression, it's okay to be depressed, but every now and then you need to make sure you're looking around you because if you're talking to people and you have a good support system, even they will get tired. So this is why you shouldn't let your emotions control you all the time. Because if you are just on a roller coaster of emotion, if someone needs your help truly, you'll never even know because you haven't stopped thinking about you long enough to think about somebody else. And that's where you talk about family and friends, your therapist friend, whoever it is, that person is going to need help too. If you're constantly going to somebody and you're talking to them about how you feel, guess what? There might be a day when they were down. And the issue that I had going back to that friend as well, there were multiple times I can count like maybe four times I was having a bad day or I was really down and having a moment. But the thing is, is that no matter what I was going through, it never reached their ears because they were constantly so busy talking about themselves and talking about everything that they had to do with their depression and their da da da. But, and again, don't take it the wrong way. I'm not saying you can't be depressed. I'm just saying that you cannot be controlled by your emotions. You need to look around enough to see that there are other people around you that are hurting. No, it doesn't take away from you for the 875 times you've talked to me about your problem to listen to me once. It won't take away from you to do that. Come out of yourself, come out of your slump and listen to someone else because people probably need your help too. You can't just keep giving and pouring and this, and that, that's, that's, that's why I don't, I distance myself from some people. If I find I'm a very given person and it takes me a while because I always try to see both sides of the equation. I am a Gemini. So you're going to be like, oh, this girl crazy. Gemini's crazy. In a way, I guess in a way we kind of are, I'm very detached. I don't, I don't really always go forward with emotions. There are things that piss me off a lot easier than others, but it takes me a while. I have a very impassive tone and it takes me a while to get really angry about something because when I get angry, I stay angry for days, hours. It's a drawn out thing. I'm pissed off for a while. So I try not to get to that point because woo child, it's like a flame and I can't even control it because then it'll just continue to grow and grow and grow. And I could just, it'll just, it's not good. So the point, <laughs> the point of all that was what I was saying is that also with, with being very Gemini-ish, quote unquote, or anyone in general, whatever your zodiac sign is, who cares? But if you're just a giving per person by nature, I constantly will give and give and give and give and give. But sometimes I kind of get down. Sometimes I kind of get depressed. And that is where when I get low, shouty get low. So I need some help from somebody like I'm in the gutter. I need help for someone to pull me up. And again, I'm not like that all the time, but when I am, as my friend, I need you to understand that and acknowledge that and pull yourself away from you, pull yourself out of you 
long enough to help me because guess what? I'll probably be down for maybe a day or two. You are constantly down. You are always up and down. You're a roller coaster emotions, but you always want me to be there for you. But I'm just asking you just one time to be there. So I don't think personally that that's a problem. And I feel like more people who claim to be depressed really should, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up inside of who you are. Even without being depressed, you can get wrapped up inside of who you are, but take a look to look at people around you. Now with the way that we have times of uncertainty with us, it's easy to be anxious as well. There's a lot of people that I work with, they talked about their anxious. A lot of people that I work with, um, really it's uncertain. I mean, a lot of things are uncertain right now. We're still in a pandemic. We have protests going on because Black Lives Matter. And also Black Lives Matter, not just black men, black women, black gay lives matter, black trans lives matter, all black. It's not one particular group of people. All of them matter. And please don't start with me with that all lives matter stuff. Cause so anyways, from here with anxiousness. Okay. I think it's easy to have this. You got pandemic going off. You got the president, whether or not you like him or not. I really don't think me personally, I really don't think that he's done a good job of trying to unify us during this difficult time, especially with Black Lives Matter. See, I got it, you know, and again, I am not going to say if I'm a Democrat or Republican, I do not agree with Joe Biden when my man said, if you ain't voting for me, you're not black because you're not about to tell me that I'm not black just because I didn't vote for you. Like, sir, what are you saying? So anyways, um, I don't, I think Obama, what he did very well was he was a talker and he could unify the, the situation. He could smooth out a lot of stuff. Trump is not there yet. And he doesn't have to be perfect. No two people are like, no two presidents are like, he doesn't have to be Obama. But what, what I would really just appreciate is if somebody could just take his phone or if somebody in his cabinet could just say, listen, the chief, this ain't it. Don't, don't, don't tweet this. Just, just, just say that he, even if he don't know what to say, I mean, somebody don't let him say, you know, when the looting start, the shooting start, don't, don't, we ain't got to be wild west. Like y'all gotta watch this man. So that's kind of my issue there, but that could give you anxiety because you're, you're, this person is leading the country. And unfortunately in certain situations, majority of situations, probably all the situations, he has no filter. So it's not a good look for us. And it's not a good look for us with other countries because a lot of countries have problems with the USA. And again, it's 2020, just like I said in my last message, if you don't know who has a problem with the USA or agrees or disagrees with us, look it up information, Google it. And racism causes a lot of anxiety. There are African-American people who completely fear the police, completely fear for their life. You know, black men, black women, you don't even know where to turn. And all those things can cause some sort of anxiousness, right? With anxiety, I think it's, it's, it's important to understand what is in your control. Okay. I also had a coworker, she was talking the one day and she said that sometimes she thinks about her kids and their future and she gets so anxious and she wakes up in the middle of the night and she thinks about this and she worries about them and she doesn't know what's going to happen and she's worried and she's worried about tomorrow and today and you know that's 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 a bit much that's a bit much 
And the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough things to worry about. You can focus on today. So why are you even looking ahead that far? We can't control the future. Those are the things that you need to think about with anxiety. Because if you let it, you give it a drop in the bucket, it'll just fully run. You can get anxious about anything. Like right now, it's in the afternoon. I could get anxious about what am I going to cook for dinner? Oh my goodness, I'm about to make this. I'm about to make that. Should I go out? Should I do it? You could just do everything. And it doesn't have to be as trivial as what you get eat for dinner. But there are things like my bills. Or how about this move? I'm moving out of Western New York and I'm moving to North Carolina. So what about that? I could start thinking about that and I could get hella anxious and just go, meow, just be super far away. Now I'm causing all these problems for myself. So with anxiety, you need to think about what can you control? Okay. What's in your control and what's out of your control. What is in my control is my house. You can control what goes on in your home, or at least you should be able to. You should be able to not, I'm not saying like brainwash your children or something, but I'm saying you should be able to have control over your house. You should be able to have control over your fam, like your, your family, like saying, Hey, listen, this is what we want to do. Like you should, I think that that's sounded wrong, not control over your family. But what I'm saying is that you should be able to control the time that you guys spend together, make time for each other. These are things or raise your child in the, again, the Bible says train a child in the way that they should go. So what you, what I'm saying with control is you control how you bring up your children. You do control because things like homophobia, racism, those are taught. That's, that's something that's in your control. You don't have to always succumb to being an a-hole. You really don't have to be an asshole all the time. You don't have to be at all, actually. From here, your finances. Let's talk about your finances. Yeah, it might seem like you got all this debt and stuff, but how'd you get there? At some point, you obviously lost control. Nobody wakes up and they birthed into a bunch of debt. Now, again, situations. Maybe you have a family. Some people had um, had an ex whose uh, mother opened up a credit card in his name when he was like 18, so he had this debt. I understand that, and I'm not saying that that's not acceptable. But take the right steps to manage that and to create a plan for yourself. Because I also had a, a friend of mine who did, he was a little, um, I don't want to say reckless, but he was a little bit not good with his money, just, just irresponsible with his money. And he did get into a lot of debt. And it took a while for him because he wanted to buy a house. It took a while for him to come out of that. However, he did devise a plan for himself and start. And remember, these things, problems with people is that Rome was not built in a day. None of this stuff that you want to do is going to be able to just, you just do it. I dream a genie or whatever, where you, you know, she did the arm thing and her will or nose or was that bewitched, whoever. And then it was automatically there. This takes time. It takes time. So again, you probably should make sure you give yourself some grace. Um, when you talk about your, what you can control is your reaction. This is a big one. Your reaction to others. You don't always have to pop off at somebody when they come to you. You don't even have to pay them any attention. Part of that could give you anxiousness is, is dealing with people. People can make you anxious and you, you don't have to always listen to everything that's being said. You understand me? Listen to me. Everyone that comes to you with information is not going to be for you. All information is not beneficial. All information is not beneficial. All information is not useful. 
anything that's dead space, put it out your mind. Okay. Whatever uh, lip gloss that Kylie got going on the newest TikTok dance, whatever's happening over here or there, just stop. You can get on any form of social media and you can work yourself completely up. And at the end of the day, you done spent four hours looking at something. And next thing you know, you ain't nothing but anxious and not a damn thing was accomplished through that. So like filter your mind, you can control what you react to and you can control you know, what you, what you see and what you fill your mind with that can contribute to anxiousness. Now, fear of the unknown is understandable, but remember one thing that God is in control. You're not in control. God is in control. Now, some people will say, oh, well, good and bad things are happening in life and blah, 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 blah. Yes, they are. But guess what? Jesus never promised that life was going to be easy. And for him, he was crucified. So he didn't have it easy, right? He was always getting backed up by the Pharisees and Sadducees, always looking for something to hang my man up on. So did he cry about it? No, because he knew that he was going to suffer persecution. So you, if that was Jesus, the son of of God, the son of man, if that was Jesus here, God with skin on, and he was going through some hard times, you really think you're not about to go through something? Okay. Um, but what can you do about this? Definitely start small. Like I said, Rome was not built in a day. Start small. Oops. <laughs> Whoopsies. Start small with things. All right. And try to just filter out what you can and cannot control that a Bible verse for you guys, because I always should at least have one Bible verse, um, every podcast at least, because I am a Christian. Like I said, you don't have to be a Christian to listen to this. You don't have to be a Christian to like this, but just understand that I'm going to go out here and I'm going to plant seeds. And if they, they grow a root then they grow a root, if they don't, then they don't, but at least you'll know where to look because you can't say that you weren't told, or you can't say you didn't have any knowledge. At least you'll know where to look for the answers because the Bible does give you insight on pretty much everything. And if you're feeling risky and you like stories, check out the old Testament because some of the stuff they was doing was downright nasty. So from there and shysty and trifling and disgusting, if I do say so myself, but that is in the Bible. So if you feel like you want to read a drama or something, go to the Old Testament. And if you really want me to refer you to some things, um, I can. Okay. Anyways, back to the point. Philippians 4, 4, 6. Okay. It's 6 through 7. And some of you may know this and some of you may not. But either way, if you do, let the church say amen. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, let me uh, do the, the J. Cole clause, which is spoon feed you, be gentle with you, understand you can't understand it. All right. So with this Bible verse here, basically it's saying that turn it over to God. There's no point for you to be anxious because God is in control. What is supposed to happen will happen. What's not meant to happen will not happen. And when you, if, if he ain't, if he don't want it, it's not going to happen. And when you sit here, you're going to have a peace that passes all understanding, transcends all understanding, which means that you might, people might not be understanding Girl, she almost lost her house. How could she be so calm? Oh, ooh, 
I know that uh, he about to probably lose that job? So how is he going to be all right? But you know what? Listen, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind, meaning that you done gave this over to God. It ain't nothing else you can do. And you're going to trust that he going to work it out. That's it. That's all it is. You can't do much more than that. You can argue it. You can say whatever. It don't matter what you're talking about. Because listen, I'm reading to you what the word says. So you choose to believe it or not believe it. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose sleep either way. Because I know what I believe and I know who died for me. So again, I'm not going to be preachy, but I'm just going to let you know that man will fail you. God is eternal. He don't ever leave you or forsake you. Again, you might pray for something and he might not give it to you right this very second. Or you might want clarity and he ain't give you the answer right away. And this is hard because we're in a society that is instant, 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 instant. And sometimes God says, wait, and we don't like that. But that's just how it is, right? That's the way the cookie crumbles. Double E moment of the week. Think about what you can control and what you cannot. And remember that God is in control. That's very important. And don't try to beat yourself up over it. Write a list of the things that makes you makes you anxious. Write a list of the things you feel like they're dragging your mood down that could contribute to depression. And think about what's in your control, what you have control over. Is this situational depression or clinical? Are you always feeling like this? Give it over to God and let it go. Seek the proper treatment, let it go. All right? So again, I do take mental health very seriously, please. It bothers me when people don't. But understand that I'm always here for you guys. If you need me, you can write me, reach out to me, whatever. And I'll always be praying that you are okay. Even if you don't enjoy prayer, it doesn't matter because at least I can pray for you. Sometimes some of y'all have succeeded from the prayers that your grandmother done dropped off and you didn't even have no idea why. Readers Crack is my email. R-E-A-D-E-R-S-C-R-A-C-K at gmail.com. My Instagram is log E-L-E underscore A-U-G. You can reach out to me on Insta. And as usual, <laughs> be beautiful and be blessed. Now, this one was a long one, so I apologize for that. Thank you always for listening until we meet again. <laughs>